get started. Um, we're going to get started tonight because we have some exciting news. Uh, well, like, it's kind of exciting. It's like one of those like happy moments, but also sad moments. Uh, we're wrapping up our current series, which is awesome. Woohoo! Yeah. We've made it through, but it's also sad because this is a fun series. I'm having a lot of fun uh, going over this with you guys and uh, really breaking some things down that are really passionate uh, on my heart. And I hope you guys are catching a little bit of uh, passion and some fervor tonight. Uh, and really through the last six weeks as we've been going through this uh, sermon series. And so tonight, guys, uh, if you're taking notes, we're just going to jump right there. Uh, if you're taking notes, I would encourage you uh, to do that. Uh, and the title of this evening's message uh, has nothing to do uh, with Katniss Everdeen or uh, the Hunger Games, but the title is Catching Fire. Um, and so if you're taking notes, uh, we're talking about Catching Fire tonight. Uh, I'll tell you all what happens, and I actually have never even read the book, so that's okay. Um, it's good? It's good. Okay, I saw the movie. Uh, it's, it's like when people ask me what my favorite childhood book is, is I'm like, C.S. Lewis, Chronicles of Narnia, the movies, right? Because you never, no, I'm just joking. I read the books. Read the books. They're great. Uh, turn with me, if you guys will, in your Bibles to Ephesians. Um, which is kind of a familiar portion of scripture for us because we just finished the 16-week series in Ephesians. Uh, so it's just uh, pretty cool that we get to finish up uh, this evening's uh, message and this current series we're in, uh, finishing it up in Ephesians. We're going to read um, verse 18 of chapter 5. So when you guys all get to verse 18 of chapter 5, let me know by saying holla. Holler. And if you're not there yet, let me know by saying hold up. All right. Uh, how many of you guys got Bibles tonight? Any anyone got a Bible in the house? Put it up in the air. Wave it around like you just don't care. Awesome. No, that's all good. Uh, if you forgot your Bibles, I would normally say we have some, but I actually gave out our Bibles that we normally let you guys borrow. Uh, so remember your Bibles next week. And if you don't have a Bible, let me know because I would love to get a Bible in your hands because uh, I think Bibles are like the coolest thing ever. Um, this is what it says: Ephesians chapter five, verse eighteen. Y'all there? All right. Wes is right there in the front without a Bible. That's good. He's so close you can look at mine, though. Uh, and it says this, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. But be filled with the Spirit. And if you've been tracking with us, I want us just to remember that. Keep that, like, there, memorized in the back of your head. Be filled with the Spirit. You guys all got that? What, what, what did it say? Do you feel with the Spirit? Solid. Okay. Uh, so for the last five weeks, now this being the sixth week, uh, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, and our sermon series has been titled Clarity uh, because the Holy Spirit and you is something in Christianity and really outside of Christianity when the world looks at Christianity. Uh, it's a part where there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of blurriness. There's a lot of lines that we don't know where they stand. Uh, and so we as followers of Christ... Now, we need to have some clarity when it comes to these things. We need to know what it means uh, to have the Holy Spirit. We need to know what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to know who the Holy Spirit is. We need to know that the Holy Spirit is not a thing, but that it is a person. Okay? Uh, so lots of things that we've been talking about with the Holy Spirit. Our first week, uh, we talked about how we need the Holy Spirit and how we need more of the Holy Spirit in the church. And the title of that sermon, if you were uh, taking notes back then, you probably have it remembered, uh, but it's Forgotten Power. Uh, and we talked really about just how the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit has really been forgotten uh, in the 20th and the 21st century, and really uh, since the early church, it kind of slowly was dying off, uh, and how we are called uh, to be full of the Holy Spirit 
um, and how the church needs the Holy Spirit today. You guys are really hot in here, isn't it? It's getting, it's cooking. Um, then, then we talked about who the Holy Spirit is uh, in our sermon that was titled, I Believe I Can Fly. Uh, and we were saying, hey, I believe in the Holy Spirit. That's what they said in the Apostles' Creed. And uh, we believe that with the Holy Spirit, we got power. Uh, not superpowers so that we can fly like Superman. Uh, but uh, it just worked. R. Kelly wrote a song and it made a good title for the sermon, I guess. Uh, then Bo then Bo spoke uh, in week three of our series. Uh, and really just broke down some verses for us that really led us into the next week, uh, which the sermon for the next week uh, was called Factoids and Ghost Stories. And we talked about uh, really some things that were um, historically said to have been the Holy Spirit, uh, and more recently things that have been said to be the Holy Spirit that really aren't. And we looked at who the Holy Spirit is and how he operates and how sometimes we like to get uber spiritual and be like, man, that was the Holy Spirit, that was awesome. And really it isn't. And uh, so sometimes we blame the Holy Spirit for things that really aren't him. Uh, and the Bible tells us, guys, the Holy Spirit is never weird. Okay? So have you ever had a weird experience? Raise your hand. Okay, we're just going to go honesty moment because I didn't do this that week. How many of you guys have had a weird experience in church before? Anyone have a weird experience in church? I have had some weird experiences in church. And uh, uh, hopefully I'm not the tail end of one of your guys' weird experiences. If you are, uh, I'm sorry. I do get a little bit excited, but normally you can tell so you can like get away because like I start foaming at the mouth. Uh, and that's why I have this water bottle in my hand so I can drink so I don't get dehydrated. Um, it's really, I never actually drink from it. I just hold it. It's like a comfort thing, but uh, that's cool. You can mark me on that. Um, and then, so, so, so we really looked at who the Holy Spirit is and how he operates and when he operates, how we know it is him. How many of you guys remember what we talked about last week? Anyone remember what we talked about last week? Anyone? Pentecost. Yeah. We talked about Pentecost and we talked about the purpose for Pentecost uh, and why the Holy Spirit was given in the first place. Why on earth do we even need the Holy Spirit? Why should we want the Holy Spirit? And we looked at what the purpose was. And the purpose was not so we could speak in tongues. The purpose was not so we could lay our hands and heal someone. The purpose was not so we could prophesy. But the purpose of the Holy Spirit being poured out was so that we can have power to be witnesses of Jesus in this world. It was poured out so that we can share the love of Jesus with people unashamedly. Now, all those other things, those are byproducts of it, okay? Those are byproducts of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Uh, one thing I would just say that, that kind of puts this into perspective, okay? How many of you guys like object lessons, okay? Um, some of you do, some of you don't. I'm really bad at them, but uh, so I borrowed this one. I thought it was great. Um, so the purpose of the Holy Spirit uh, was to receive power to be witnesses, okay? Uh, just like when we built space stuff back in the 60s and 70s. The purpose was to get to space, right? Okay? But did you all know that there are byproducts of space travel? Did you guys know that? Okay. How many of you guys have ever used a cordless uh, tool before? Cordless tools were invented for space. How many of you guys have sunglasses or glasses that has uh, scratch-proof lenses? Okay? Scratch-proof lenses invented for space. How many of you guys have ever slept on or seen a commercial of someone jumping on a mattress with wine on it and not spilling memory foam? Okay, Invented for space. These are all byproducts of the purpose. So the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to be a witness, but there are some byproducts. Okay, Does that make sense? I, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but tonight, the, the, the title of the message is Catching Fire, because uh, I want each and every single one of us, when we leave this room, I want us to have caught the fire. Okay, And fire is just a fancy word that we use. Uh, for 
Get some passion. Be ready to be excited about Jesus uh, and be ready to share Jesus with some folks around you. We want you all to receive the power of the Holy Spirit so you can go and be an empowered witness. Amen? Does that sound like something that... Yeah, I mean, how many of you guys would love more power in your life? Okay? I would like more power, okay? And so I just started jotting down and I asked myself the question, what is the most powerful thing I have ever seen or experienced? So I'm going to pose that question to you guys real quick. What is the most powerful thing you have ever seen or experienced? Anyone seen anything powerful before? Here, I'll break the ice. I'll give you an example. Um, I was in uh, Discovery Kingdom Six Flags down like right outside of San Francisco. And no, the roller coasters, they were pretty cool. They were pretty powerful. But what was the most powerful thing to me there was I went to this water show. Okay, they have the water show there. Uh, but not only do they have like the water show with the dolphins, uh, it just so happens they have tigers there as well. Cool, tigers and dolphins. I never knew the combo. Uh, but so they start doing this tiger show, and they're like showing how like tigers go in the water. It's like really cool. I'm like, wow, tigers are awesome. Uh, tigers are like the only cat that actually like water. Just a little fun fact for you. Um, but then they did this thing where they're like, hey, have you guys ever seen a tiger jump before? I'm like, no, I've seen a kangaroo jump. That's cool. Um, but then they did this thing where they put this chunk of meat 15 feet up in the air. And this tiger legitimately pounced up and got it. We're talking a basketball hoop plus another five feet. And the tiger legitimately jumps from standing on the ground and lands up on this thing. Freakiest thing in my life. Then they're like, check this out. We're going to show you how far tigers can jump. So they put this thing at 10 feet and the tiger's 30 feet away. Legitimately takes like three steps and bounces 25 feet up 10 feet. You do the triangle. That's ridiculously impressive. And that's ridiculously powerful. If you know anything about the human body, let alone an animal body, there's muscles involved. And the leg muscles required to propel yourself 25 feet and up 10 feet is ridiculous. Uh, I don't think we can combine the hamstring strength of everyone in this room and do that, okay? Uh, I think if we were all to do just a standing broad jump, uh, we might be able to break 25 feet and distance if we combine all our broad jumps together. But getting 10 feet up, I don't think we could do. Uh, that's pretty hard. And so uh, tigers are powerful. What's something powerful that you have seen or experienced? Me. Aaron says me. That's a typical redhead answer. Um, that's awesome. Oh, it's, easier, right? it's okay. It's okay. I'm just, and for all the other redheads in the room, I'm not hating. It's just Aaron. Uh, anyone else? Anyone else got something powerful? I'm not hating you, Aaron. I love you. Wesley. The wrath of a mother. <laughs> if any of y'all have had a mom before and you stole a cookie from the cookie jar, uh, moms, the wrath of a mother is terrifying. And, and she doesn't even, okay, check this out. Moms don't even have to say anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Moms don't have to say anything or get physical. They can just be like this. You do something, just like, <laughs> they give you that mom look. You're like, oh, mom, I'm so sorry. Like, even their gaze is powerful. That's crazy. Okay, anyone else got something powerful? Tammy. So back when I was in high school, I think, I watched this video with what's his name? Todd White, and I got like uh, a word of knowledge for someone in the group, and someone got healed of colorblindness. It wasn't even something I said. That's but it was dope. Just cool, like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Now that's some power right there. That's le- like that's legit. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. That's really cool. And that's some Holy Spirit power. We're gonna get to that. Wait a That's awesome. That's legit. Um, I have another one for you guys. Um, have any of you guys ever been like down by the docks? Um, 
like down in downtown Portland when like a huge like freight boat when the propellers start churning. You guys ever seen that? They start out slow, but then they just, and they start going, and like the water just gets like all, it's crazy. You guys got to see it. Go do it sometime. Watch a propeller of a big ship. It's scary, actually, because uh, it would destroy you. Uh, anything that would destroy me kind of is scary to me. Um, how many of you guys have ever seen a fighter jet before? Anyone ever seen a fighter jet? Mm-hmm. Anyone ever heard a fighter jet break the sound barrier? Yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool. How many of you guys have ever been to like an air show? Okay, uh, this one uh, for me is kind of crazy. I was driving in a van. I wasn't the one driving. I was a passenger in the van. Uh, no, 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 no. I wish that'd be a cool minivan. Uh, but no, we were in a group that was going down uh, to Death Valley for a school trip or whatnot, and we're driving on this highway. No joke. It's titled the loneliest highway in America. It's like Highway 80 something uh, that runs down through Tonopah, Nevada. Crazy area. Okay, but there's an Air Force base over there. Uh, and the jets, every once in a while, when they're out doing their test runs, they like to just, like, mess with drivers on the freeway. Um, and, like, they will buzz you. Do you guys know what being buzzed by a fighter jet means? Uh, it means they fly, they're probably only, like, 100 feet above you, but they're zipping super speed. And, like, it rattles the whole van. And you're just like, what on earth was that? And then you just That's see, like, insane. the jet, like, pull up right up and running. Terrifying, okay? <laughs> it's awesome, like, after the fact, but when it happens, you're like, what on earth was that? Especially when you're sleeping like the guy next to me was. Uh, not a good experience for him. Uh, but that's powerful. Wait, was um, the driver sleeping? No, the driver wasn't sleeping. That would be scary. Um, I've had a driver fall asleep on me, but that was in a school bus. Uh, that was really scary. I'm not even joking. I'm on the way to a youth camp. I'm on the way to a youth camp. He falls asleep, goes off the freeway, and a kid from the back seat throws a basketball as hard as he can, hits him in the back of the head, and the driver of the bus gets mad at this guy for throwing a basketball. I mean, like, we're not even on the freeway anymore. It's terrifying. Terrifying. Um, okay, so I, I, I wrote down I wrote down some powerful inventions, okay? Uh, man, that, that was powerful, that basketball. Uh, something powerful that humans have invented guns okay uh, that was kind of a powerful invention when those first saw the battlefield uh, being able to uh, create and produce magnets and magnetism that's a pretty powerful invention x-ray generators uh, things that can take pictures of what's inside of you that's pretty powerful um, a company in Germany called KUKA uh, robotics made a robot that can lift a full-size car uh, three meters into the air so this like a robot that looks like a human, and it just lifts it up into the air. That's pretty strong. That's a lot stronger than our, us. And it made me start thinking of Skynet and Terminator and all that stuff. I was freaking out. Um, but how many of you guys know what the most powerful invention ever is? Anyone know what the most powerful invention ever invented by mankind is? A nuke. A nuke. That is a very good guess. But a nuke is not the most powerful thing ever invented. Anyone got another guess? Not an atom bomb, a fission bomb, none of these kind of nuclear bombs. You guys know what the most powerful thing ever invented was? Okay, yeah, it was a spaceship, but it was a certain kind of spaceship. Okay, because there's been spaceships that have been created since then that aren't as powerful. But back in the 60s, they created this thing called the Saturn V rocket. Okay? Uh, the Saturn V rocket is the most powerful thing ever created. I wrote down some stats because I love stats. How powerful was it? You guys all ask, how powerful was it? Awesome, now I'll tell you my stats. Uh, It has 7.5 million pounds of thrust. Like we legitimately can't comprehend that. That's ridiculous. Uh, It's the same as putting 1,500 fighter jets together and thrusting at the same time. Yeah, so comprehend that. It's kind of crazy. 
It is the only spacecraft to ever take anyone to the moon. Okay? How many of you guys knew the space shuttle never took people to the moon? Early rockets did not take people to the moon. Only the Saturn V rocket took people to the moon. I thought that was legit. Um, this is crazy. It burns through 15,000 gallons of rocket fuel a second. A second. Alex Hayes has a swimming pool. His swimming pool is roughly 15,000 gallons of water. Okay? The rocket burns through 15,000 gallons of rocket fuel. It burns through a swimming pool of rocket fuel every second. So what type of gas mileage is that? Uh, that's horrible <laughs> gas mileage. That's ridiculous. Um, how many of you guys? I don't watch NASCAR. Uh, but if any of you guys watch NASCAR, how many of you guys have ever seen a commercial for NASCAR? We're talking a lot of cars, right? Okay. How many, does anyone know how many cars are in a NASCAR race? I don't know. A lot? About 30. Okay. The power of this, the combined horsepower that would equal a Saturn V rocket would be 8,000 Daytona 500s. Yeah. So all 500 laps of every car, if you combine the horsepower 8,000 times, that's what equals the rocket. It's ridiculous. This thing is crazy. But here's the deal. Uh, we have access uh, to a even greater power. And we have an access uh, to the power that is the power that is given by the creator of this universe, the creator of you and I. We have access to the power of God. Okay? And we have access to the full power. And that's awesome. It's ridiculously awesome. The God who created this universe uh, loves you so much. Uh, and wants you to do some amazing things that he has given you his power. Okay? So the question is, well, how do I operate in that power? Because I look at myself now and I'm not a very powerful person. Um, God, by his Holy Spirit, uh, has so much more for us from his power. Turn with me just back a few pages to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now I'm going to read this just really briefly. Many of you probably have this verse memorized. And it says this. Um, did I say 320? I did say 320, not 420. 320, and it says this, it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine according to the power that works, what? In us. In us. To him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I passed English in high school and in college. Okay? <laughs> and exceedingly and abundantly are both adjectives. Okay? And if I were to say something that was cool, and then I put an adjective in front of it, the adjective makes it even cooler, right? Okay? When we're talking about power, I would say that the Saturn V rocket, that's a picture of it, just so you guys know, up there, uh, that has ridiculous power. But I don't know if I would, like, maybe ridiculously crazy, but those are not very good adjectives. But when talking about the power of God, it's exceedingly, do you guys know what it means to be exceedingly? Yeah, way beyond. You're breaking all prior thoughts of the capability, the capacity, okay? Exceedingly and abundantly. Anyone know what abundantly means? Like overflowing. So it's going further and overflowing than anything we could ever ask, think, imagine, whatever. That's God's power that's in us. You can't comprehend the power of God. But if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, that power inside you. And that's ridiculously crazy. That's exceedingly abundantly awesome. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. So with this, um, 
now that we have a little bit of clarity on the Holy Spirit from the last five weeks, the question would probably be being raised, and I've asked at the end of every service, if you want to receive power, raise your hand and let's pray for you. Okay? But the question really comes down to this. Uh, how do we attain that power? Okay? How do we attain the power? Um, I want to just let you guys know, uh, when you guys come here, it is not my intention for you, and if it is your intention for you, I would love to see you change your intention, okay? When you come here, uh, guys, this is not a place where we want you to come for information, okay? You can go to Discovery Channel for information, but when you come here, we want you to come here for revelation that leads to transformation, okay? Information is great, but it doesn't do very much. But if you get revelation from God's word, and that revelation then brings transformation in your life, then this was purposeful, okay? And so we've got some information, and hopefully there's been some revelation to us as well about the Holy Spirit. But tonight, guys, I ain't going to give you information. We're going to give you revelation from God's word so that we can have transformation in our lives. To the person who's lived for Jesus their entire life, to the person who just gave their heart to the Lord six months ago, to the person who hasn't ever received Jesus into their life, you can receive transformation power tonight. And that's awesome. That's awesome. So before we go any further, I haven't prayed for this message yet, so we're going to just pray. Now we're going to continue on. How's that sound? Dear God, we just thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you that your word is living and active and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. God, and that it cuts down through the bone and the marrow into the soul and the spirit, God. And we pray that tonight, God, that your word and the power of your Holy Spirit, God, would cut down, cut into, go all the way down into our hearts, God, so that we hear this message, God, and it's not just information, but God, it is revelation from you, God, and it leads to transformation. God, I pray for each and every single one of us, God, that we will be changed from the inside out. God, I pray that tonight your word would encourage us, your word would inspire us, and your word would challenge us, God. It would move us forward in our faith. God, I pray that none of these would be my words, but God, that your perfect word would ring through, God. May nothing of me be able to get out, God. May nothing of this world be able to come out of my mouth, God. Uh, and if it does, may it just fall on deaf ears. May it not even be heard. But God, may your perfect word come through, God, because we know you have power, God, and we know you have power for us. And we want to live our lives operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. So God, we thank you and we praise you in your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Well, guys, the power of the Holy Spirit is to share the gospel, okay? Plain and simple, the power of the Holy Spirit is to share the gospel. That's what it's all about. And here's the deal, guys. Receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. In the church, uh, you've heard it said, if you've gone to church uh, any short time or even a long time, you have probably heard someone say, well, have you received the power of the Holy Spirit? Have you received the power of the Holy Spirit? You filled with the Spirit, right? Okay. Are you a Spirit-filled Christian or whatnot? Like, like, people ask you these kind of things. People say, have you received the Spirit? And here's the thing. We've kind of in the church have made it something where it's like, you can do it if you want to. Uh, you can receive the power of the Holy Spirit. That's great. Or you can be perfectly content. And that happens to be the case. But that doesn't happen to be God's plan. Okay? Here's the deal. Receiving uh, the Holy Spirit. If you're taking notes, this is going to be our first point. Uh, receiving the Holy Spirit uh, is a command, not a suggestion. God tells us, receive the Holy Spirit. He doesn't say, well, if you want to, you can receive the power. He says, hey, receive the power. Why? Because God wants you to be an effective witness. And God knows you can't be as effective of a witness if you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Okay? So God commands How do I know this? And how can I say this with all assurance? Because of what we just read in first, uh, I mean, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. It says, and what? I told you to remember it, to, to memorize it on the back of your head. What I tell you? It said, and be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. That is not a, if you want, be filled. It's, and be filled. It's in the imperative. It's, hey, be filled. Be filled. And God wants us to be full of the Spirit. Here's the thing. And this is something. <coughs> Excuse me. Because in some churches, uh, they make some big hoopla about receiving the Holy Spirit. Okay? Like, woo, you got to get ready. You got to go through like six classes before you're able to receive the Holy Spirit. You got to be baptized. You got to do all this thing. Okay, here's the deal, guys. God won't ever tell you to do something that he is not willing to. Uh, to help you accomplish. Okay? I want you guys to get that. God is never going to tell you to do something or to go do something that he is not willing to help you accomplish. So if you feel like the Lord's telling you to do something, you're like, wow, this is really big. I don't know if I can do it. Here's the deal. God wants to help you accomplish it. Because God's never going to tell you to do something that he's not willing to help you with. That's kind of cool. We have a God who loves us so much that he wants to help us. Here's, here's what it is. Receiving the Holy Spirit is not some crazy mystery. Uh, there is clarity. Uh, and anything that God reveals to us through his word uh, can be clear. Okay, We've talked about how there's been some confusion when it comes to the Holy Spirit. That is man confusing the scripture. Okay, God does not give confusion. The Bible tells us that he is not the author of of confusion, okay? God has clarity, and what God has revealed through his word, he makes clear. So we can know for sure and for certain that this is what God's word has to say. How do we know? Uh, Jesus said this. This is pretty clear. These are probably some of the most simple instructions I've ever heard in my life. Jesus said, this is in reference to receiving the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, if you want to receive the Holy Spirit, what do you do? Ask the Father... And then what does he tell us that the Father will do? And the Father will give him to you. Whoa. So you mean I don't have to do some secret handshake, dance up and down, and clap my hands twice, and I can receive the Holy Spirit? No, Jesus said, ask it of the Father, and the Father will give him to you. Pretty simple. And Jesus tells us, hey, be filled. Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, how do I be filled with the Holy Spirit? Ask the Father and he will give it to you. But here's the thing. In order for you to truly ask that, you got to truly want it. Okay? Because I can say, repeat after me, God, I want the Holy Spirit. And you can repeat after me, but if you don't really mean it and if you don't want it from your heart, it's not going to happen. Because here's the thing. You need to want it. And here's the reason why some people are like, I don't know if I want to do that yet. Uh, because when you ask to receive the Holy Spirit, that is God's Holy Spirit coming and taking up residence in you and taking over every part of your life. I want to emphasize the word holy, okay? Do you guys know what holy is and holiness is? Uh, that is becoming pure. That is becoming like God, okay? Uh, so if you say, I want to receive the Holy Spirit, that means God's going to come. He's going to take residence inside you. But he's not going to fight for your time, okay? So he's going to start messing you up from the inside out. That's not a bad thing. That's a great thing, okay? Uh, it's awesome when God wrecks us. It really is because it's through the wreckage of ourselves that God's glory is revealed, okay? 
Uh, and so God, if we invite the Holy Spirit in, he's like, I'm going to make you holy. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve sin and serve holy. So I'm going to make you holy. Okay? And that's cool. That's not something to be afraid of. The devil is trying to tell you that's something to be afraid of. He's like, yeah, you know, you're not going to be able to do that anymore. You're not going to be able to do that anymore. You're not going to be able to do that anymore. Man, it ain't really even that worth it. But it is so worth it. It is so worth it. Don't let the lies of the devil try and distract you from what God has for you. Um, so here's the thing. How do you receive the Holy Spirit? I just gave you the answer. How do you receive the Holy Spirit? Ask the Father, and what will the Father do? Give it. So then what do we do after we ask the Father? Now this is what the church has done a lot over time. The church says, oh, we're going to ask, and we're going to wait. We're going to like sway side to side. We're going to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. You know, right? Okay. How many of you guys have ever been, they use the fancy old English word called tarrying. How many of you guys have ever heard the word tarry before? How many of you guys have used that? I'm going to go down to the corner down by 7-Eleven. I'm going to tarry at 7-Eleven, right? Okay, no. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. The church, I myself, have been a part of this. I'm going to wait for the Holy Spirit to move. But here's the thing. Jesus says, receive the power of the Holy Spirit and go into all the world. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and go into all the world. Receive it in faith. Here's the deal. So many times people wait for a feeling or wait for an experience. Uh, but we are told to receive it in faith. I might not feel anything different, but I'm believing because I asked and God told me he'd give it if I asked. I believe by faith that I've received this power and I'm going to go. But here's the thing. People like to tarry. I don't know why, but we should go. Um, and then people are like, well, but the... Disciples, they tarried. They waited 10 days in the upper room praying. Shouldn't we tarry as well? Well, here's the thing. You want to know why they tarried? Because the Holy Spirit hadn't come yet. Okay? God said, wait here until I send my Holy Spirit. But now the Holy Spirit is coming. We don't have to wait. So we can say, I receive that and I'm going. I receive that and I'm going. But here's the thing, guys. Uh, we can never... Um, we can never base our faith. We can never dictate our faith uh, by our experiences or by our emotions. I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel anything in that service. Man, that was a, everyone said it was a great prayer time. I didn't feel anything. How many of you guys have ever heard someone say that? Or how many of you guys have ever said that? I've said it. I've been like, man, I didn't really feel anything. I didn't get much from that. Okay, that's on me. That's not on God. Okay, I'm sure God was there. That's on me. We can never let our faith be dictated, we can never let our faith be directed by feelings. Uh, because feelings uh, are tricky. Emotions are tricky. Where do we get our feelings from? Like in our heart, like in our gut, right? Okay. The Bible tells us that the heart is the most deceiving among the body's members. Okay. You will feel things that you think it's right. How do I know this? How many of you guys ever dated in junior high or high school? I love her. Oh my God. I love them. Okay, is your heart playing tricks on you? Do you really love them? Do you even know what love means at that age? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, but feelings, we cannot let feelings dictate our faith. Because uh, they always set us up for failure. Uh, believe he will. This is believe God will give you because he said he will. And he will. And he will change your way of living. Sometimes it's slow. Sometimes it's fast. It's like a car. Okay? 
Uh, how many of you guys have ever uh, gone and sat in your car? Maybe even put the key in the ignition. You're just like, well, I'm waiting. I'm tearing in my car until I get to Lake Oswego. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Have you ever gotten your car and just sat there and said, I bet you, if I wait long enough, I'm going to feel my car start to rumble. And it's going to move. And it's going to get me there. Okay. If you think that, I see some people shaking their head, yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope you don't believe that because um, you're crazy. Uh, your car will not start on its own, uh, and it will not drive on its own. We're not in the 22nd century yet. Maybe this is an example for a sermon won't be good in the 22nd century. But as of today, last time I checked, you have to turn the ignition. And even if you turn the ignition, and you're like, oh, air conditioning, that'd be great. Um, but you're still not driving anywhere. You have to put the car into drive, okay, or reverse if you're backing out. Uh, but you need to put the car in gear. We'll just say that so no one goes and crashes out on the road. you got to put the car in gear, and once you put the car in gear, then you're able to go. And it's like that with the Holy Spirit, guys. When you ask to receive the Holy Spirit, don't just sit in your garage and be like, all right, I might get there someday. No. you got to put it in drive. you got to go put the power of the Holy Spirit that God promised you would receive when you ask. When God promises, it happens. You gotta go put that into action. You gotta go put that by faith into action. You gotta believe it. So you ask for the Holy Spirit. You're like, I didn't feel anything. Well, go, go. You might not feel something, but here's the deal. How many of you guys have ever been to fast food before? Have you guys have ever been to Starbucks before? Have you guys have ever been shopping before? Gone to the movies? Gone to the river? I'm gonna just. I, that covers everybody. Okay, I don't have to list any more examples. You've been somewhere where there's other people. And you're like, man, I, I asked to receive the Holy Spirit at Ecclesia last week, and I didn't feel anything. And you're standing in line. What are you doing just standing in line? Talk to the person next to you. Say, how you doing, man? Or woman. Uh, probably don't say, how you doing, woman. That might be uh, But say, how you doing? Ask them a question. Say, I like your shoes. I like your watch. That's a nice bag. Start... Breaking the ice, right? Because, here's the thing, when you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, whether you felt it or not, but you ask for it and God gives it, and you start stepping out, he's going to start changing you. Because in times when you would have been like, that's freaky, I ain't ever going to ask those questions. You start asking the questions, and you're like, wow, I feel a little something different here. I might be a little more bold. You start asking some questions, and it starts leading somewhere. And who knows, maybe that person says, I want to I receive Jesus. What did it take? It took you stepping out, acting in faith, and saying, you know what? I believe I've received the power of the Holy Spirit. I might not have felt something, but I believe it because God said it. Our faith can never be dictated by our feelings. Uh, walk up to people. I just said that. Number two. I'm doing horrible time-wise, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm getting excited. Uh, point number two. Uh, receiving the Holy Spirit is an ongoing relationship. It's not a one-time thing. It's not a one-time thing. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you can't just be like, I got a dose of the Holy Ghost and I'm ready to go. Done. I never need the Holy Spirit again. 
I'm filled. I'm powered. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Being full. Okay, here's the thing. Uh, the reason why I can tell you it's an ongoing relationship, not a one-time thing, uh, I get it from the same verse, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. It says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, you might be thinking in your English language when I say, be filled with the Holy Spirit, that means be filled once, right? Here's the thing. The Greek word there for be is actually the Greek, it's ongoing imperative. So if it were really to translate into English, this is going to blow your mind because this is not English proper. It says, be being filled. That's what it reads in the Greek. It means be being filled. It's a constant. we got to continue being filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's the thing. Yesterday's filling was not enough. You can't rely on yesterday's feeling and power of the Holy Spirit. It's not enough. You can't rely on yesterday's manna. Manna. Okay, a little Old Testament lesson from you, uh, or for you. Uh, while the exodus was going on, God gave the children of Israel bread from heaven. It was called manna, okay? And some people were like, this is awesome bread. It probably had like honey butter on it and something. They're like, this is really good. And it would like fall on the ground. So they'd go up and they'd gather enough for tomorrow as well. But then when tomorrow came, it'd be all moldy and stinky, okay? you got to have fresh <laughs> bread every day. Just like we need to be freshly filled with the Holy Spirit every single day. It's not a one-time thing. It is a constant relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's a new day. We need to top off before we get down to empty, using the car example. So now you've decided, okay, I'm going to turn my car on, I'm going to back out, I'm going to drive, okay? I'm going. The Holy Spirit told me to go, I'm going. Here's the thing. How many of you guys have ever driven a car before? Awesome, okay? How many of you guys have ever driven a car down to empty before? How many of you, ever, how, how many of you have ever ran out of gas on the side of the road? I've been in a car that's right. Yeah, no fun, okay? You can avoid those things, by stopping at the gas station before you get empty. Here's the thing. It's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. We don't have to get burned out. We don't have to get dried up. We can have the Holy Spirit power. We can be filled with the Holy Spirit. We can receive the power of the Holy Spirit every stinking day. How? What does the Bible say? How do we receive the power of the Holy Spirit? Ask. And you got to believe that God is going to fulfill his promise to fill you. So ask every single day. It's constant. Some days you drive more. Using the car example. Some days you just decide, I'm going to hop in my car and I'm driving to Seattle. That's a little bit more from Clackamas to Lake Oswego. You use more gas, so you need to be filled. Okay? Here's a great way to be filled with the Holy Spirit every single day. Practice being in the presence of God. Practice being in the presence of God. What does that mean? First Thessalonians tells us that we are to pray without ceasing. Wow, that's a daunting task. Pray without ceasing. Dear God, thanks for everything. Now let me name everything. How many of you guys have ever tried to pray for a long period of time before? Like the whole fold your hands, bow your head, that kind of thing. Um, you can last 30 minutes. If you're like really spiritual, you can last 45. Um, but without ceasing? Are you joking me, God? I have a hard time just carrying a conversation for an hour. Um, let alone prayer. Okay? Think of prayer without ceasing like this. 
If you're like prayer time prayer, where you sit down and you pray for multiple minutes, that's your phone call prayer. Okay? Imagine a text conversation prayer with God. Driving down the road, throw a prayer out to God. Send that text. Okay? Be in the presence of God. Doesn't have to be long conversations. But you just gotta be there. The text message prayer. It's great. Here's a great quote from a guy who I love. Charles Spurgeon. Okay, great pastor. Okay, we've talked about him before. He said this let your heart commune with God as your hands work in the world. There you go. Let your heart commune with God as your hands work in the world. There you go. Be in the presence of God. Pray without ceasing. Um, you guys all tracking with this? Okay. We all kind of give me a nod if you're tracking with me. Okay. Uh, when we receive the Holy Spirit, we gotta believe it by faith. Okay. We gotta believe it by faith, and then we gotta go and we gotta act in it. Go, go, go. Here's the thing. It's constant. You don't have to rely on when you got filled with the Holy Spirit five years ago. You're like, man, I'm running dry on faith right now. You can receive the Holy Spirit today. I ask daily, God, fill me with your Spirit. Fill me with your Spirit. Fill me with your Spirit. Because I know me, and I can't do it on my own. I can't do it. I'd love to say I want to do it, but I don't even want to do it half the time. I need God's Spirit to fill me up empower me to go do what he has called me to do. And you need the power of the Holy Spirit to do what God has called you to do. And he said, ask and I will give it. It's amazing. It's like a simple commandment from God. Ask and it's a simple promise from God. I'll give it. Cut and dry. God's good that way. Third point. Third point. I'm asking Bo to come back up. I caught back up on time. This is great. Uh, Bo, come on up here. Bo's going to play the guitar in the background. Uh, but I really want you guys, if you've if you've skipped out on everything before here, you zoned out on everything before, uh, this is the part I really want you guys to hear. So I want everyone's attention for this one. Okay? Point number three, if you're taking notes, point number three is this. Only you can prevent yourself from receiving the power. Only you can prevent yourself from receiving the power. Did you guys know that? Because so many times it's like, well, you know, I'm, the setting's not right. Oh, man, I really wish this person was here to pray with me. Um, only you can prevent yourself from receiving the power of God. Only you can prevent yourself from receiving God. Check this out. That's what A.W. Tozer said. He said... We as believers, we have the opportunity to be filled as much as we care to be. It's all on you. You just got to ask. And only you can prevent yourself from doing it. God told us, Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he commands us. God commands us, be filled, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus lays it out for us. It's as simple as asking. But only you can get in the way of that. Only you can get in the way of that. Only you can stop yourself. No one else can stop you from receiving the power of God. And that's pretty awesome. Because it's, all I gotta do is ask. All I gotta do is ask. 
So I'm going to ask John, if you can just flick the lights off in here. And I'm going to ask us all just to stand. Uh, if, if we can do that. And I'm going to ask you guys, if you guys can uh, could just bow your heads. Uh, and everyone close their eyes. I want everyone to have their eyes closed. Uh, this is just a time between you and God. Uh, it's not a... Uh, it's not a, let's look around and see what everyone else is doing kind of thing. This is between you and God. Because maybe you're here tonight and you're hearing all these things and you're like, man, that sounds cool. Maybe I've heard it. Maybe I haven't heard it. It sounds cool, this whole Holy Spirit thing, but I don't even know who Jesus is. I don't even know who Jesus is. And maybe tonight you're someone who says, I, I want to know Jesus. Because here's the thing, guys. In this world, in this life, there's fun things to do. It's great. But what happens when this life's over? What happens when this life's over? There's a very real truth that there is a very real life after death. And you can spend that life in one of two places. One is an eternity with God in heaven. Eternity with your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ in heaven where the streets are gold, the buildings are gold. It's amazing. Or you can spend an eternity separated forever from God. Let alone the darkness, the gnashing of teeth where the worm never dies. It's eternal separation from God. And the fact of that is so just sad and it's scary to me that to be absent from the love of God. But here's the thing. We have the opportunity to spend an eternity with God if we put our heart and our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us that it is as simple as this. The Bible tells us if we ask with our mouth and we believe in our heart, if we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, then we are saved. And the Bible tells us anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you are someone who is here tonight, if there's anyone here tonight who has said, I've heard it before and I've rejected or I've never heard it before and I'm hearing it for the first time, if there's anyone in the room tonight who says, I want to give my heart to Jesus, I want to know what it means to follow Jesus. I want to know what it means to have uh, life and an eternity locked with God. If there's anyone here who would like to receive Jesus into their life tonight, just let me know if I extended a hand. Raise a hand up and say, I want to receive Jesus tonight. Is there anyone here? you're here tonight and you're hearing this and you're like, man, well, I heard it before and I said, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to do that thing. Maybe you were five and you were in your kindergarten class. Or maybe you were in Sunday school with your parents. And you said, yeah, I'm going to follow Jesus. But now you look at your life now and you say, I am nowhere near Jesus. I'm not following Jesus in anything. But I want to know today for sure that I am saved. I want to know for sure that my name is written down in God's book. And that when I die, if I even die today, I will spend an eternity with Him in heaven. And if that's you today, you want to rededicate your heart to the Lord and say, Jesus, from this day forward, I am living my life for you. If that is you, I just want you to raise your hand up to the sky. Say, Jesus, I am living for you. Praise God, I see that hand. 
I'm feeling down, I'm feeling out I can never get my feet up on the ground Well here's the thing, you can receive power from the Holy Spirit And what did the Bible tell us? It said just ask Just ask So if that's you tonight and you're saying God I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit Maybe for the first time, maybe for the hundredth time But you say God I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit I'm going to invite you just to raise your hand up to heaven And I just want you to declare God I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit. I want to receive the power that only comes from God on high. I want to be filled anew. I want to receive the power so that I can be a witness. I want to receive the power so that I can have hope. I want to receive the power so that I can share that hope with those around me. God, we ask for your Holy Spirit. And now join with me in prayer all around the room. God, as we come before you tonight, God, as just lowly humans, God, God, we are not deserving of your love. We are not deserving of your grace. But God, you and your infinite wisdom saw fit to make way for us. And you have adopted us into your home. You have adopted us into your family. God, you have given us salvation. God, and you have given us even more. You have said, ask of me, ask of the Father, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. And God, we tonight, we are asking for the Holy Spirit. We are saying, God, give us the power. Give us the power to go into all the world and make disciples. God, give us the power so that we can be witnesses in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our workplace, in our school, God, in our city, in our state, in our country, and throughout the world. God, give us the power because we want more of your spirit. God, and we, we receive your spirit. Because God, your word told us if we ask, we will receive. And so God, tonight, we look to heaven, we say, thank you, Father. We receive the gift of the Spirit. And now we will go. We will go. Thank you, Jesus. So now I'm going to just give you guys the same commission that Jesus gave us. That he gave the disciples in the New Testament. And that he has given to the church throughout history. He said that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be witnesses unto him in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and unto the ends of the earth. What's your Jerusalem? What's your Judea? What's your Samaria? And then he said in Matthew chapter 28, he said, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to follow the things which I have taught you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Guys, Jesus told us that he received all authority and that all authority had been given unto him because of that authority. And it is because he told us that he is with us always. We have that same authority. We have the same authority. By the power of the Holy Spirit and by the blood of Jesus. We have the power the authority to move mountains. 
So as an act of faith tonight and saying, God, I receive your spirit, I'm going to invite everyone in the room. If you said, I'm giving my heart to the Lord, I'm rededicating my heart to the Lord, I want your spirit. I'm going to invite you guys across the room to raise your hands to heaven and to declare these words of this song, that all authority has been given, and it is by the power of Jesus that we can move forward.